right. So I'm going to preach. But some of you, before you leave out, is this the last time I'll do this? Before you, before you leave out, you're going to see that there is a major difference in what you're experiencing. Okay, get your Bibles. Second Corinthians, the ninth chapter, woo, and the eighth verse. And, and the Bible says, and God is able to make all grace. Somebody holler back all. I can't hear you. Somebody holler back all. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you. That you, having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. I want to minister a message for the next uh, few minutes. Put 20 on the clock, please. For the next few minutes, I want to minister uh, this word, give it away. Give it away. Would you look at somebody next to you and say, give it away. Okay, um, thank you, gentlemen uh, and lady. I appreciate you. We, are, we, we have been in an amazing series called Amazing Grace. And uh, how many of you have been blessed by this series so far this month? It's been revolutionary. Um, it's been really helping us to understand God in a way we haven't understood him before. Uh, when you begin to comprehend God's grace, it helps you to not only um, relate to God, but it helps you to understand how God relates to you. One of the things that we understood about grace is its definition. If you're taking notes, write this down. If you're not taking notes, grace means that which is freely given by God, received by faith, without being earned or deserved. I'll, I'll read that again. Grace means that which is freely given by God, received by faith, without being earned or deserved. You must understand this. God's grace is available to every single individual on the planet. When you begin to grab a hold of the understanding of grace, then you understand that your righteousness, your justification, your salvation has nothing to do with your own works. Right? There's nothing I can do to earn or deserve grace. Do we agree with that? The scriptures say that it's the free gift from God. It's a free gift from God. So it doesn't matter how, how, how perfect I try to be, I will never earn or deserve grace. Grace helps me to live the way that God designed me to live. Grace is a free gift. Now, this is what religion tries to tell you. Somebody say, I can't stand religion. What's wrong with the rest of you? I said, somebody say, I can't stand religion. Some of you can't get it out of your mouth because you like it. But listen. Religion comes in and says, you have to work really hard to make God like you. So you got to do one, two, three, four, five. If you do this, if you work real hard, go to church enough. If you, if you serve somewhere, if you give enough homeless people some money, if you, if, you, if, you, if you do this and you do that, somehow you can make God give you what he gives freely. Facts are that you cannot ever do anything to earn or deserve grace. Facts are that you also don't have to work to keep it. I know a lot of you have been taught by religious people. Try to make yourself perfect. Try to get yourself together. But you can't do it without grace. So it's this idea Well, people that are in religious systems where they try to make you have everything together. They want your attire to be a certain way. Talk to me like you know what I'm talking about. They want you to speak a certain language. They want you to behave a certain way. They want you to look a certain way. And so religion tries to tell you, fake it 
so you become religious robots. I wish I had about 10 people that would rock with me in this message. You become religious robots where you start doing what everybody else. Okay, we lift our hands. Oh, okay, I guess that's what we do. Without knowledge. If the band was to start playing, don't do it. And they, were supp- they start to play uh, shouting music. You would, you'd be like, oh, that's what you're supposed to do? Move our feet real fast. So, so we just start doing whatever everybody else is doing. But I want you to know that God wants to empower your journey with him through grace. And he doesn't want you to try to duplicate yourself after anybody else but him. Are you getting this? So grace was given to you freely. It was, it was given to you without you ever earning or deserving. And there's nothing you could do to ever separate you from the love of God. Nothing you could ever do to separate yourself from the grace of God. Isn't that good news? Because some of you have been dealing with guilt and shame all week. Some of us, because we parents, we feel like we're messing up. How many of you, uh, as a parent, ever felt like you was messing up this parent thing? If you're not raising your hand, you're a liar. Because every one of us have. <laughs> every one. I said that. You are a straight liar. I meant it. Because everybody at some point is like, is this how you're supposed to do this? <laughs> but God gives grace even in the times when we don't get it right, when we mess it up. Glory to God. It's about two of you to drop your kid on the head. And I mean, thank God for grace. I mean, that child is okay. I mean, you done dropped them on it. Jesus. What kind of parent? I'm just kidding. It's in the room, though. I'll be a prophet of God. It's here. Um, so since you've received it, the idea is since you've received it, you ought to give it away. This is where I'm going. I just want to establish you had grace. But now that you understand that you have grace, we're going to end it strong with understanding the importance that because you have grace that you need to give grace away. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 10 and verse 8, freely you have received, now freely give. You hear that? Since you have received it freely, then give it away freely. And just like God gives it away without parameters and without things that he structures around it, you are supposed to give it away the same way. Yeah. Uh, God wants you to comprehend that he's destined you to be one that freely souls grace. This is why he says in his word today, he says, listen, God is able to make all grace abound to you. In 1 Corinthians 9 and 8, that, that, that you having all sufficiency in all things, having enough for whatever you need. The whole context of that chapter is all connected to generosity. If you read it in its context, the whole idea here in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 is generosity. That's the whole idea that the text is sending. God is saying, I don't want you to be stingy with anything. (laughs) I don't want you to be stingy in any area, but one specific area we want to deal with today. God's saying, why are you holding back grace? And can I insert this that I believe that many of us have held back grace because we didn't believe we had it. So we were just kind of operating in how we thought God dealt with us. But now that we've gotten through the revelation of you do have grace that's moving in your life today, that because of that, then you understand that you ought to give grace away. 
God's grace, I got to say this because it hit me. God's grace is not for what you consider the small sins. It's also not for what you consider the big sins. How about God loves the people you hate? <laughs> the people, you, and so it's interesting because your prayers, sometimes when you're full of the devil, you ain't said nothing. You go somewhere praying and you be like, God, get them. And God like, wait. It's the same kind of grace. I know I'm messing with you. You're like, God, nah, God, pay them back. And God's like, hold up. It's the same kind of grace. For everybody you hate, he loves. And it can become frustrating because you're like, God, I want you to not like them too. Why y'all being fake? Have y'all ever been like, God, like, they're ugly, God. Just don't like them, please. You should not like them. (laughs) And God's like, no, my grace flows to all of my creation. So he said, I've given you all of this grace, look at this, that you may have an abundance for a purpose. This is the purpose. I want you to have it for every good work. What in the heck does that mean? If you study that out, it means acts of obedience to God. He said, I want you to have enough grace so you can do what I say. Are you, are you with me so far? He said, I want you to have enough grace so that you can follow my directions. Good works are obedience to God. Are you understanding me so far? Okay, because I'm about to go somewhere and it's about to mess with you. Okay, let's go John chapter 13, verse 34. Then let's, let's, sanctify, you know, let's baptize some people and go home and eat something. Okay? Give me John 13, verse number 34. I'll start reading while they're finding it. A new commandment I give you. That you love one another... Look at this. He gives you some parameters. I want you to love one another as I have loved you. Hold it. I don't want you to love each other as you have a revelation of love. I don't want you to love one another based upon how people have loved you. I don't want you to give them love because they bought you a gift. It's easy. You see these shoes I got on? Somebody said, them not shoes, apostle. Thank you. Albert bought me these shoes this weekend in Seattle, Washington. It's easy for me to love Albert. He bought me shiny shoes. It's not, it's not hard for me to show him love. It's not hard for me. So, so it's not difficult to love people who give stuff to you. But, but when it becomes a strain, it's when we're in a place where people have harmed us done us wrong, been against us, then it's difficult to let that love move through us. But God's saying, I want you to love them just like I love. How did he love you? He died for you even when you were in your mess. You want to act like you got it together, but it's some weed heads in here. It's some porn addicts in here. It's some liars in here. It's some thieves in here. And I'm not talking about once we were. I'm talking about today sitting up in here. You are. No judgment. We are all going through our process. Look at your neighbor and be like, keep it real. You jacked up, man. You can sit in here and think because you sit up in a church, you got us fooled. We ain't fooled. You crazy. 
all are, including the guy with the mic. We all need help in our journey. Grace comes to everyone. Ooh, this is good, and I only got eight minutes. Listen, so I want you to love them as I love you. And this is what I need you to get, verse 35. Because this is how they're going to know you are my disciples. Watch this, please. Not how you dance and shout. Not how many hours you pray. Not, not, not how many scriptures you even know. He said the way you will be identified is by how you handle one another. Ooh. Lord have mercy, y'all are so uncomfortable. But I'm talking about you. I'm talking to the husbands that was cussing at their wife in the car on the way to church. And as soon as you drove in the parking lot, you was like, okay. That's how you identify that you know me. And you're trying to think that you're identified by knowing him or being his disciple by how you handle him. But he's saying that's not even how they know you're mine. The only way they find out that you are mine is how you handle the person sitting next to you. So that's for every Christian that tries to act like unbelievers are dirt. For every Christian that tries to treat Muslims like they're less than. For every Christian that tries to treat Buddhists like they're nobody. For every Christian that tries to down somebody because they don't believe the way you believe. You ain't his. He said you're going to allow for your love to flow to the next person next to you. Woo! Christians are the worst with this mess. The worst. Because you don't align your beliefs with their beliefs, then they make the decision that you are second. We're standing on corners with signs telling people they're going to hell. When most of the people are just, just holding signs about their own reality. carry no sign to lead nobody to Jesus put this 1945 1960 mess down and come into 2019 my friend forget that it should have never existed what do you see Jesus and his disciples walking around with signs and even when Jesus wrote something he wrote something that might have been real strong in that ground because everybody walked away you understand what I'm saying we, we don't know what he was writing in that situation when he wrote it was impactful You don't push people away. You don't push them away because of their belief systems. You don't push them away because of their sexual orientation. You do not push people away. This homophobic demon in America in the Christian church that pushes people away because their sexual orientation hear what I'm saying not what I'm not saying if your word is so true and what the Bible says about it and you so want people to be free from whatever freedom looks like do you think bashing them is going to bring them to freedom I'm preaching it here today I, 
It's a, it, it cannot connect with you. You cannot, you cannot do this with people who believe different from you. You can't do this with people who have different sexual orientation. You cannot do this for people that have a different class than you. You are not better because you have more money. And for some people, you think you're better because you have less money. Because you're like, I don't need the things of this world. I mean, I'm out here. I got, all I need is me and Jesus. Well, you could have it. I need a little bit more in order to do what he told me to do in the earth. He said, money answering all things. You can stay broke, but I refuse. I'll take my million, please. Bless you. Please be seated. I have to move. So you got to walk this out. You got to walk out love. Give me, I'm just walking through the Bible. Give me Matthew chapter 6, verse 15. Thank you, Charmaine. Matthew chapter 6, um, verse number 15. Matthew 6, verse number 15. The Bible says, but... Um, if you do not forgive, uh, Matthew six fifteen. if you don't forgive men their trespasses. Are you looking at this? God's saying your interactions with the people around you, determine how we interact. Are you getting this? He's saying if you're not properly interacting with your brother or your sister, it affects this. And you've been so straight, thinking that you're straight with your horizontal, but trying to, been feeling, trying to figure out why you're not getting breakthrough in your prayers. Okay. Um, praise the Lord. I can't go through this scripture because I don't have time. But in, 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 um, in Matthew chapter 18, I want you to read the whole chapter later in your own study time. But I want you to, to read specifically Matthew 18, 21 through 35. And I want you to see how God deals with people that refuse to handle the people around them correctly. I I don't have time to go through it, but uh, let me tell you this. You see just through this simple verse that we just went through that it blocks, it blocks your relationship with God when you don't handle people right around you. Can I give you three ways for you to show grace in your life? I wanted to be very practical today. I know I would only have a short period of time. I want to give this to you and give you something to implement very well. Here's the first thing that I want you to write down. If you're taking notes, write this down. If you're not taking notes, first thing is this, that you need to give grace in forgiveness. Grace and forgiveness, right? Out of the scripture that we just talked about in Matthew chapter 6, verse 14 through 15, it shows us that we got to step in to giving grace and forgiveness. This is the key part about forgiveness, okay? Said it before, worth repeating. Forgiveness is not for them. It is absolutely for you. When you hold unforgiveness, it begins to build what we would call the root of bitterness, When you're holding people captive to unforgiveness. Now, here's the thing. You can't do unforgiveness without grace. Hello? If somebody has harmed you and does something wrong to you, that's not just simple for you to just be like, I forgive you. Half of the time, you say what you don't do anyway. Meaning, you say, I forgive you, but we haven't really forgiven them people. One of the signs that you have not really forgiven is that you still have the same sting in your mind like it happened the first time. 
So every, every, every time you think of it, if, you, if every time you think about it, it's like you reliving it like it just happened yesterday. Nah, man. You, you got you to gotta walk through serious forgiveness. And the only way that you're going to walk through forgiveness is that it's going to take God. There is some stuff that was done to me. There was some harm that was done to me that I don't have it within myself to forgive you or to let you go. Because I want to kill you. Will somebody just be honest? Why y'all... Y'all fake. I don't like that. I like, like, no, no. I want to I wanna call some of my people and I want to, no, that's not a game. Like, I want you to die. There's some real strong, perfect Christians in here. But some of us, we've been at some points in our life, like, no, my, my dude, you don't, no, you don't really understand. In two seconds, I'm about to take off from you. Like, you, you really don't comprehend. You don't know me, man. I, I'm going to. Have you ever came in a room with somebody? It's like all of a sudden you start seeing red. It's like. It takes grace. I'm sorry these fake preachers tried to make you feel like you had to ignore your feelings in order to be a Christian. That's a lie and a half. God gives you grace to deal with your dysfunctionality. You have to be honest about where you are. Man, you preacher Sherman. Thank you, sir. It's important for you to get this. He wants you to, to receive grace, and he wants you to give grace in forgiveness. He said, just like I forgave you. Hear this, y'all. I need you. You need to forgive them. Because if you don't forgive them, it's going to affect my connection with you. If you don't forgive them, there is stuff that I can't get to you. And it's time to change the world. Like, like this idiot is not worth my destiny. <laughs> my ex is not worth my promises. Y'all understand what I'm saying? My molester is not worth my breakthrough. I have got to get to a place where I say I want my purpose more than I want to hold a grudge. I need the grace. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. I need the grace of God to help me to forgive. The grace to forgive. Here's the second thing. You need the grace. You need to give grace in interactions. So you give grace. Number one is give grace and forgiveness. Secondarily, give grace and interactions. Let's, let's look at the Bible. Let's go to Philippians chapter 2, verse 3. Give grace and interactions. Give grace and interactions. Let's look at this. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. In other words, let nothing be done with yourself being the main idea. Can I translate that for you? So, leave that scripture up for me, Charmaine. When you're in a, when you're in, when you're in what I call a heated discussion, you might call it an argument. When you're, when you're in one and, or somebody does something to you, maybe you're not even in the heat of it. Maybe somebody does something to you and you're now, you're about to interact with them. If the main thing on your head is me being right, I'm, I'm about to lose the whole church. Me being right, my point getting across, 
Because your point getting across does not always equal resolve. He's saying, whatever you're about to do, please don't make yourself the main thing. So what the heck do we do? If we're pulling on grace, we make what he desires to happen in that the main thing. Oh, these demons are like, leave us alone. I ain't going to do it. What does God want to come out of this? I offer you this. It's not always that he wants you to push somebody away. You got a cutoff demon that God ain't gave you. My time is up already. You got a cutoff. And, and, and it's like, and it's so easy for you. And you think you're right. You got this cutoff thing. Like somebody do one thing to you and they twist their head one way. You're like, I ain't got to ever speak to you ever in life again. I see you, but I don't. Is this practical enough for you today? He said you got to give grace in interactions. So you can't be his and treat your neighbor any old kind of way. Even when they've harmed you. That's why you got to understand grace is supernatural. Because we don't have this ability in ourselves. We want to kill them. <laughs> I, I just want to strangle you. I want to put a noose around your neck and watch you fall. I'm just kidding. So we... we, we <laughs> He says, okay, don't do that, but this is what I want you to do. Y'all paying attention? Ask your question. Don't be rude. Y'all paying attention? He said, but this is what I want you to do. This is what you can take. You can implement this as soon as you get out today. This is so good. I feel very Joel Osteenish. So, but, you know, three points. But in, in lowliness of mind, did you see this? In lowliness of mind, let each esteem others. That each esteem others better than himself. So he's saying in grace, when you're giving grace and interactions, there's a level of honor that comes into that thing. And honor is not given because you're worthy of it necessarily from my perspective. Honor comes into place because you belong to him. So what does this look like? That means that in these, in these situations where I'm ticked off at you, then my thing is I have to really take a minute. And talk to the Father. So this is really going to test your relationship with God. Because some of y'all, you just all you got, the only button you got is on. You just automatically, boom, you, you got. You got to talk to God. Here's the third thing, and I'm out of the way. Y'all can play something. Uh, here's the third thing is, number three is, you have to give grace in communication. You have to give grace in communication. You got to give grace in communication. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 15, verse 1. Good place to end. Proverbs 15, verse 1. How many of you are getting anything out of this message today? It's helping you? Yeah. And I appreciate the honesty of the rest of you. <laughs> Proverbs 15, verse 1. 
It was like, no, I'm not getting anything out of this. I'm only here for the dedication to baptism. That is it. I actually wish you would shut up so we can go home. I will never be back to this church again. Proverbs 15, verse 1. It's in the room. Proverbs 15, verse 1. But I have grace. I forgive you. Proverbs 15, verse 1. A soft answer turns away wrath. But when you come in harsh, it's going to stir up the best man's anger. So I have to think. And not only do I have to think, because some of your thinking is dysfunctional. So I know you learn think before you speak. Some of you don't matter if you think or not. <laughs> it really don't matter. You could think and you still, it's about to pop off. So don't think before you speak. <laughs> Did you hear what I just said to you? He's like, you like, you know, I, I thought, and I still want to knock you out. Like, like. So it's not, not, th- not think before you speak, pray. That's how, you, that's how you interact with grace. Are you getting this? This is how you interact with grace. Pray before you act. Holy Spirit, how should I respond? Everybody wants the grace that keeps them out of hell. But we don't realize that he gave us grace to give grace away. The more you sow grace, the greater revelation you'll get of grace to your life. God said, when you're communicating with people, take a minute, pray. Before you just simply jump in to harming somebody with your words. Because I'm sorry does not pull out worst curses. You think that after you said something, because you said sorry, it fixes it. Words are so powerful. You're made in the image and the likeness of God. You have creative power. What you said of your mouth creates ideas, creates mindsets, creates moments. So your I'm sorry doesn't change what you just did. I'm going to be careful how I use my words. Three ways I'm going to give grace. I'm going to give grace in forgiving. I'm going to give grace in interactions. I'm going to give grace in communication. Father, I thank you for every single individual that's in this room today. I thank you, Lord, that we are going to give grace away. We understand the importance of our relationship with those around us affects our relationship with you. And our heart's desire is to be in right alignment with you. Thank you that you've given us an overabundance of grace so that we could do good works. We do the good works by your grace.